Welcome to Don't Be Alarmed, We're Negroes, the podcast where we take a colorful look at life, diversity, and the game of golf from the other side of the green. Over the next hour and change, you will definitely hear explicit perspectives penetrating your ear. Enjoy! Okay, on the beats, yeah. On the beats, yeah. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. Negro, please. Breathe, Negroes. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. Breathe, Negroes. Welcome to Don't Be Alarmed, We're Negroes, N-E-G-R-O-S, for those that can't spell Negroes. Uh, I'm E-Mitch, and on the other side, we got my beige brother, Sugar, how you doing? Staying beige, trying to stay out this heat, man, it's fucking hot. Yeah, if you don't stay out that heat, you're going to end up my color, brother. Hey, uh, yeah, but I, that's going to happen on the golf course anyway. So I'm going to try to make that happen on the golf course. That's very true. Hey, uh, go ahead and give us a rundown for this week. Oh, man. This week we got a great show. We got some great guests coming up for you. We'll introduce them in a sec. But uh, this week we're going to cover the Tiger News of the Week. We're going to get into last week's recaps of the Palmetto uh, Championship at Congaree. I got that finally right because last, last week I had a little little bit of trouble with that shit. Yes, indeed. But, uh, <laughs> the LPGA Medi Heal Championship. This week's major, the two the 2000, uh, two, CNN continues <laughs> this week, 2021 U.S. Open, the Maher uh, LPGA Classic for Simply Give, which is on the ladies' side. Um, and then we're going to get into some major coverage and breakdown of the U.S. Open uh, and the golf course out there at, uh, at Torrey Pines. We're going to get into a, a cool golf story jake adams and his his dope golf journey the front nine uh we're going to get into our top nine candy rankings our back nine pars and prep we're going to give you uh, our guests are going to give you a view of west coast golf we're going to get into our weekly segment what are we hating on our gigging song of the week is going to be shout out by currency and larry june man that's another banger so i can't wait for that then we're gonna you know close the show with our final shout outs and uh you know, wrap up as we always do. Mm-hmm. Love it. Sounds good. Should be a good show. Um, I think you have a special moment here. So um, we're all about diversity. So uh, go ahead and give us the breakdown on that. Yeah, I wanted to take a moment to, uh, you know, encourage everyone to, to celebrate and learn about Juneteenth and the significance of what it means. Um, the Don't Be Alarmed crew, you know, wants to wish everyone a safe and healthful, uh, healthy and joyful Juneteenth weekend. So make sure you take care of each other so we can all have a good time doing what we want to do. Yes, indeed. And don't get that COVID courage and be out there acting a the fool, please. Yeah. You know what's going to happen, but but shit, man. Take care of each other, fellas. For sure. And ladies, too. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So coming to the stage, returning to the show, my favorite cousin, the big booger sugar himself. What's up, Boog? What's good, fam? How you doing? Good. Glad to hear, glad to hear. And returning to the show, Mr. Automatic, Mr. Pushcart himself, Mikey. How you doing, Mikey? 
Fellas, I am doing great. Thanks for having me back. I, I, I almost consider myself a veteran now of the show, which is kind of awesome. I appreciate you guys having me back. Yes, and Booga, go ahead and introduce our new guest. We got a new guest who uh, is in our foursome on Sundays. Um, we call him DJ, Deej, Mr. Pretty Boy, Mr. One-Up Mikey, Mr. Big Stick, Mr. I'm Quiet, but I'm Sexy with My Shit. That's DJ. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, Pleasure boy. to be on the show. We appreciate Welcome. you hopping on. So uh, let's get into our first segment, which is... The Tiger News of the Week. So uh, Tiger Woods declined to a broadcast role at the U.S. Open. Um, How does everyone feel about that foremost? I would have done the same thing. Fuck that. If I can't play, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think he's he's working. He's focused on getting healthy, man. It's it's not a. It's just not something that, that is probably on his agenda. It's going to sidetrack him. That's what I, that's how I feel about it. I just think once he's once he says yes, it's never going to stop. You know, you just got to nip that right in the butt. So I, I, it sucks. I'd love to hear his insight and obviously talk more about 2008, but I don't blame him one bit for saying no. Yeah, I, as much as I would enjoy to, to listen to him and, and watch it, the guy's still on crutches, can't even walk on his own two feet yet. Like, that would be a miserable time for him out there with all the people that'd be trying to get to him. That wouldn't be too much fun there. Yeah. Sure. And it's not, it's not cool, you know, when everyone's going to try to talk to you and, and make you the focus of attention. And I think, I think there would be more focus on him than there would be talk of the golf. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think some of, some of it is his pride, right? He's like, hey, I'm not hanging up my clubs, so don't sit me down in front of a mic just yet, you know, and he knows those contracts and stuff will be coming up soon uh, once he does retire. Right. And so he's like, no, I'm not I'm not ready for the mic. Every once in a while, I'll make an appearance and stuff. And uh, that's that. So it was also interesting. Uh, I guess he was out in California, though, uh, for another procedure. And there was video of him. Uh, kind of putting a little pressure on that leg and, and getting in and out of cars and stuff like that, but he's having another procedure in Cali. So I wonder if if he might make a pick stop there just to say hello to the fellas and then get on his private jet and head out. Who knows? I don't, I don't think he'll make a stop. I, I don't either. <laughs> no chance. That's, that's not in his wheelhouse like that. He's like, nah, um, no. <laughs> he'll text his boys and that's about it there's no chance he's showing his face around that joint yeah absolutely <laughs> uh with other golf news <clears throat> we have the corn Ferry tour and uh a player was arrested for punching another player arguing over a bad shot and not helping search for the ball what say you guys greatest story ever <laughs> <laughs> Gangster, <laughs> wild, wild shit, man! Fantastic. <laughs> I re- I really hope that the the other guy's dad did really say, just hit it straighter. That would be, <laughs> that would make the story so much better if that's true. Oh, oh! I just wish there was cell phone footage of him saying, "Say uncle, say uncle." <laughs> I would just, I'm on there. I, I would assume that someone has some kind of footage of that. Oh. Has to somewhere there has to be some kind of footage of that, and Look I think cameras. I mean it's it's got to be. I mean to me, it, it that's comedy, man. I mean, I mean you know 
people are charged up, especially when you're in competition, you know, in a, a competitive situation. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you got a question. If you can't hit them straight, should you be in that tour anyway? Hey, <laughs> I think it wasn't his dad holding off the third guy in the group with a putter saying, let him fight. Let yeah. him fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's old school. Dad's old school. It's fucking tin cup is what it is. It's it's fantastic. And I, I kind of get it. What well, I don't get it and kind of get it. It's like if we're playing with our boys, yes, you want to look for each other's balls and you see where their shot is. But you you on tour, I don't give a fuck where your ball goes. I'm worried about my game and make sure I, I win. So why would I care where your ball goes? Yeah, and if you lost it and you mad at me because I can't find it. Like Pop said, hit a straighter. <laughs> and I, I don't think it just started with like, oh, it was the second hole and it happened. Everything I heard was that the guy was, it was pretty deep into the round and the guy was slow all day long and just dragging, dragging. And that's what kind of led to that point of not helping him look. It's just, they were, they were already behind pace and they were just trying to get to the, get to the next hole and get, get done with the day. So it, it definitely stemmed from somewhere else, not just right out of the gates going to that. So for sure, for sure, man. I just fucking love the story. It, it it brings some excitement to golf, you know. I actually, when I saw it come across Twitter, I was like, "This can't be real," and and then I was like, "Oh, it's real." I mean, I would I would assume that that shit happens at you know, there's got to be that shit happens on an, on every weekend. It's got to happen once a weekend at a at a at a golf course near you, but I wouldn't expect that to happen in a more professional setting, but. I've seen some. I've seen some pretty good arguments in tournaments. Never seen the fist getting thrown, but I've I've definitely been in a group where where guys start chirping at each other, and it gets pretty darn close to to throwing some hands. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I I don't I don't know about like fighting golf wise, but I know if Mikey had a chance, every biker would get their ass <laughs> on golf course. So. Our golf course has trails in the mountains, and so the mountain bikes oh. ride up in there. Mm. Like, ride through the golf course, bruh. Whoa. Like, ride through and don't give a damn. And Mikey, he, he flips out every time. So I can see him, like, choking somebody out with, a, <laughs> like, a chain, a bike chain, and <laughs> going off the hook. I can see uh, that. That's a dirty little secret there, B. I don't know why you'd even <laughs> say that out loud. <laughs> they think they own the world, and they don't. Hey, I can understand that. I, my boy, Chocolate Dropper Vish, man, he the bikers when we were in school in Boulder and they'd be riding, he'd have them s- jumping off their bikes, scissor kicking and everything. He's like, car versus bike. Yeah. You know, so. Man. I'll take a golf cart over a bike any day, too. For sure. The road, y'all. Oh, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Moving targets. So, uh, shout out to Corn Ferry. Keeping it popping. Speaking of Corn Ferry, we have DJ here. So, uh, DJ, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, your golf experience, and uh, just let the people know about you. Cool. So, um, I'm currently working at Delmar Country Club as one of the assistant golf professionals there. I've been there for about three years. Um, I've worked at four or five other golf courses in San Diego, um, played through high school, and uh, Ended up turning professional in 2010 when I was uh, 22 years old and just been on the grind of mini tours and, and chasing the dream that way. So it's been a, been a good time. Nice. So uh, you've been playing hockey since you were about the age of five. Um, 
So what's your favorite hockey team, and who do you have winning the Cup? Uh, my favorite team is not in the playoffs. That's the Anaheim Ducks. Um, and honestly, I haven't really been watching too much this, this season. So uh, if I had to pick, uh, oof. Avalanche. Avalanche done. Avalanche is done. That's a sore spot right now. Uh, Vegas. That Vegas does look tough to beat. Um, that definitely, uh, I guess I'd have to go with them if I was going to pick somebody. But uh, like I said, I haven't been haven't been watching a whole lot this uh, this this postseason myself. So nice. How did you meet uh, Mikey? And then how did you uh, get in connection with my crazy cousin Booga? So uh, my high school was right down the street from a retail golf shop um, where Mike worked at the time. So I used to go there all the time uh, after school. I used to spend way too much time there, but uh, I met him there <laughs> and then ended up starting working, started working there my uh, junior year of high school. Um, just whenever I had, had some free time, just a couple hours here and there. And uh, started playing golf with Mikey and then he started helping me with my game. And that was by far the the biggest step in my game after meeting him and uh, getting to play with him and having him show me some things that I hadn't learned quite yet. So you're making me feel old, bro. You're making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> and then you throw Booga in the mix, which I know was probably something different. So what did you think about Booga when you first seen him swing a club? Whoa, bro. What? Whoa. <laughs> I'm just asking. I'll just, I'll just put it this way. The very first thought is, where is this guy aiming right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's that Bubba Watson. Don't hate. There you go. Just play it. Play yeah. your game. Own that shit. Yep, exactly. Um, you mentioned that in 2010 you became uh, pro and, and were chasing your dream. Um, what kind of prep went into that for yourself? Like, you know, what was the grind like for you? Sun up to sun down at the range. Um, I grew up at a little par three course uh, right in central San Diego. And uh, just all day, all day long at the golf course. And then when I started, that was one of the first golf courses I worked at. So I had keys to the place. I would go there till midnight, even sometimes at two in the morning, turn one of the lights on and just pound a crate of golf balls and just, just grind away at it um, and enjoy the process for sure. Nice. Um, what golf course was this? Yeah. Tech Lady Canyon. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. That's where I learned how to hit that Dustin Johnson, I mean, that uh, Bubba Watson slice. It's that just a baby cut, B. It's just a baby cut. Exactly. <laughs> just a little bleeder. <laughs> so, uh, 2010, you were chasing your dream. You were out there grinding. You were out there doing your thing. And in 2015, you stopped golf. And got all the way away from it, and then you switched and start working with guns. Yeah. So, um, so give me the story of basically what turned you away from, like in 2015, what made you stop the golf grind and then get into guns. So uh, I was always paying my own way through it, and it's it's expensive trying to trying to chase that dream. So even after 2013, 2014, having a little bit of success. Uh, finally cashing some checks and, and doing halfway decent. Um, the bank account just kept getting drained and drained and drained, racking up credit card debt and uh, working full time, trying to, to make the money to, 
to play. Um, it was just 24 seven golf and not as much playing golf as I wanted and definitely just got burnt out. And, uh, that, that year, year and a half stretch, uh, there, my dad was having some health issues. And so I would drive, I would see him all the time, go out and hang out with him since he wasn't working. And he was always a, a had a blast recreational shooting. And so that kind of, when he had nothing else to do, he kind of got back into it and, uh, took me along a couple times and I just, I just got the bug and, um, I would go up every chance I had it, maybe once every month or two, go hang out with him and we'd go to the gun range and just, uh, kind of found a new passion that kind of was separate from golf and had a lot of fun doing it. So when 2015 came around and I was really getting burnt out with golf and kind of making the decision, do I want to still do this or try something else out? Um, I had a, a friend who's a local San Diego police officer who knew a couple of guys at this gun range right down the street and uh, put a recommendation in for me. Sure enough, I uh, ended up getting a job there and uh, enjoyed it, really enjoyed it for two and a half, three years. And uh, in that time, I was still playing golf, still playing with Mikey here and there, uh, still playing maybe once, twice a week, but there was definitely no grind in it. It was just, it was starting to enjoy golf again it was the one two days a week away from work where I got to go just play golf and have fun not really think about it not stress about anything and sure enough even playing that little bit amount the game actually got really good in that that little stretch there and uh I'd play an occasional qualifier I'd still play like US Open qualifying still play um the farmers qualifier um here and there but uh re-fell in love with the game of golf again and uh at towards the middle of 2018 kind of realized that what I would, what I was doing really wasn't what I wanted to do. Even though I was making some decent money, um, I had to sit down with my girlfriend and realize that I was happier broke playing golf than having a real job and making some decent money. So, uh, end of 2018, one of my friends had called me, said there was a job opening up at Delmar country club. He'd be able to get me in if I wanted it. And, uh, took him right up on the offer, got the job and, got right back into playing golf again, uh, full, pretty much full time. Uh, didn't really play a whole lot right away, but last year, um, end of 2019. And then I was going to play a full season last year and then COVID happened and a lot of tournaments got canceled. So, uh, played a little bit the end of last year, uh, or excuse, end of the summer last year, had some okay results and, uh, was really looking forward to this year and this summer really going to be playing quite a bit, hopefully and get ready for corn Ferry tour Q school at the end of the year. Awesome. Um, quick question about guns. What's your favorite gun? <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's a good one. Question. Uh, if you just want to talk about a style of gun, my favorite platform of any firearm is a 1911. Uh, that's just 45 ACP, nice, heavy gun, good target pistol. Um, so I, I would have to say 1911, and if I had to pick a specific brand, um, if I could afford it, probably like a Nighthawk Custom or an Ed Brown Custom, something like that. But uh, I have a couple Springfield 1911s myself, and uh, they're some fun shooters for sure. Uh, what would you recommend for uh, the ladies to shoot? I have a wife uh, and a girl. Like my girl wants so, to get into it, and so so us here in California have some pretty strict gun laws. We're very limited. <laughs> So what we can get here, but, uh, I would definitely recommend if you have the option to get, get them a, uh, 
I'm a huge fan of Walther uh, firearms and a Walther nine millimeter is going to be probably the way to go for anybody. Nice and lightweight uh, polymer frame guns. You can get them in full, full steel, but uh, I definitely recommend something in polymer just for reliability purposes. And uh, nine mil, no matter how, how light the gun is, it's still manageable for almost anybody. So what's uh what's the, what's the clip capacity out there in California right now? We're limited to 10 rounds in a magazine. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was. I knew it was different out there. Sugar E, you have to understand. So Mikey and DJ, they're not. They're anti-California. So you know, <laughs> even though they live here, they think everybody should own an AR-15 and a rocket. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> they think you should be able to have like C4 in your backyard and just test blow up shit. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Hey, if if you, you, I don't understand your concerns. If you have enough space. <laughs> You you met Scotty? <laughs> yeah, that's why you need that shit, dude. Come on. <laughs> you never know when there's a Scotty creeping around the corner, bro. You got to get a, you know, got to protect yourself. So every year, Mikey goes to his friend's house in Georgia, and it's just a blow up shit fest. Guns and C4. That's all they do. Well, there's not any C4 that you know of or that Maybe I can some, say legally. And some Tanner, right, though? <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> Hey, we're, you know, what stays on this show stays on this show. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of blowing shit up, let's talk about the Palmetto Championship. Uh, should give us a rundown on that. Man, I've actually finally got one right. I just want to say that before we get started. I did pick uh, Garrick Higio and he did win. So just want to put that out there. You did? Finally, yeah. Did man. you? You better go back and listen to it. Yeah, I got to go back and listen. You better go back and listen shit. to it, bro. That was my pick. Oh, well, never anybody heard that guy till Sunday. Hey, it, it was, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just felt that someone was going to win that, that wasn't, that nobody had been thinking about. And there was a couple of guys on that list. So he was one of them. Um, but, you know, out of all these fucking podcasts that we've had, I finally got one right. Um, <laughs> took 19. Um, but uh, yeah, he got his first PGA Tour win and he, uh, he over uh, took Chase and Headley, man, who gave up a two shot lead. With bogeys on the final three holes, man. That's just like giving it up, man. He just gave it up. Like if you were driving in a Cadillac and the transmission fell out. Yep. So just gone, man. Gone. But uh, <laughs> Higgio finished with a 273 uh, with a minus 11 and took home $1.3 But I have a question for you guys. What what does it feel like, you know, or, or what do you think it would feel like to have that kind of a lead and and to just – just to fall apart like that. Have you, Deej, seen, have you seen that happen? Deej, I'll let you take care of that one because I got some scar tissue built up. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I haven't had too many leads in my uh, mini tour career. Um, so I haven't had that firsthand, but I've definitely had some good rounds going and they kind of kind of puke them up a little bit. And you're just helpless out there. You just feel like you can, you're grasping for everything you can to try and try and pull the reins down on it. And there's just nothing you can do once it goes, starts going sideways. Um, so it's just, it's like that avalanche effect of it just keeps building and growing and you got to have the right mindset to be able to snap yourself out of it. And that late into the round where he kind of had his fall apart, you just don't have enough time to, to turn it around. Geez, with that being said, is there really enough time? So I understand that when it starts to go bad, you try harder to fix it. The harder you try, the worse it gets. I mean, if it happened like on the second hole, do you think the mindset and Mikey, you too, cause you've been there. You think you can really change it on the the final day of a tournament 
hole five you mess up and you have 13 holes left, do you think you can really fix it if you're already in that whole mindset? Like, it's going downhill fast. Did you want to take it? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely tough. There is it, – it takes the, the right brain and the right mind to, uh, to be able to snap out of that, and there's definitely guys out there that can do it. But you do see it happen more – where it just keeps going south versus there's very few guys that can turn it around. Now you talk, if you go day to day, you can make some nice turnarounds round to round. But yeah, if you, uh, if you can't snap yourself out of it very quick within a hole or two, it's just going to keep on rolling on you. Then your mind starts going. Then he starts spinning. I mean, it was, I think it was actually the whole day. I mean, he don't, if you look back at his stats, I think he hit four greens on the last day. Yeah. I mean, he he was just grasping at straws the whole time and trying to hold it together and, just w- watching that finish, man, my heart went out to that kid. I mean, that's it's it's tough to watch to play that good for that long and then just fight through the whole day and then just have it slip through your fingers. And I, I felt terrible for him. Uh, I really do. The pressure of him being in being in the league got to him. Well, if you think, I mean, he hasn't won in seven years. I guess. I mean, he's been this year. I think he's played nine events, missed five or six cuts in a row. I mean, it's and then he kind of found lightning in the bottle and was playing pretty good, and then. I, you, you never know what's going through his head, but I can just see him hitting a couple loose ones early. I think he had to finish out 18 that morning for the third round, and I think he missed like a six-footer, so maybe the demons start kind of creeping in there and then start gripping it a little bit too tough and start steering it, getting your head, getting ahead of it in the head and start thinking about winning, and stuff starts going sideways, and you can't get back get it back on track, and it's 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 it was tough for me to watch. I know that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you guys something crazy here, man. So, if you believe in curses, um, this is something crazy that I read. But there's there's one out there that's that's saying that if uh, you have won what I think is the the PR the Puerto Rican Open, <laughs> that you will really never win another tournament. And you know, there's two guys on that list who've always had trouble: Tony Finau, Tony Finau, and Chase Headley, or Chase and Headley. Victor Hovland was the first one to break that curse. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it's, it's crazy, man. Hmm. Come on, Tony. Somebody says Tony Finau is going to win something. Yep. Talk about the curse now. Yep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, you you hey, held out all the way all this time. We've been picking every week, Tony Finau. Hey, it's crazy shit you read, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, congrats to the winner, Brooks. Yeah. I picked Brooks. I thought he was going to come up and tune up and be ready, and he uh. Missed a cut, and I don't think he gave a damn. He's like, "Oh well, let me prepare." US Open's next week. Yeah, let me let me go to the U.S. Open. <laughs> he didn't and, even care. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, Whatever. But you see how he said it though. He's like, "This is not like a major. It's just a little day to day shit." I'm like, "You just shitted on the whole tournament." Yeah, right? for sure. <laughs> so. That's Brooksy. You know, but Tiger used to say the same shit, but they need to go out there and win those little ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Tiger can say whatever he wants with a 25% winning percentage. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, all the tournaments that Tiger played, uh, I know he was into skincare and making sure that his skin was right for the ladies at Perkins and whatever parking lots he was hanging out at. Get him, big dog, big mm-hmm. Tiger. But Thanks. to take care of your skin, you know, you have to use a sunscreen. So, uh, Let's hear from Your Eyes Only Aesthetics. Hey, golfer, gals, and gents. 
This is Ashley Knight, founder and owner of For Your Eyes Only Aesthetics. Plan on hitting the links? Then you need sunscreen. 80% of all skin aging comes from the sun. So protect yourself while you're on the green with Image Skin Care, available only through a trusted esthetician like me. When I'm outdoors, my go-to sunscreen is the Prevention Plus Daily Ultimate Protection Moisturizer, SPF 50. A friend of this podcast is a friend of mine. So enter a coupon code, don't be alarmed, at checkout and you will receive 20% off your order. Again, enter coupon code, don't be alarmed, at checkout to receive 20% off all orders. You can find us at www.youreyesonlyaesthetics.com. Again, that's www.youreyesonlyesthetics.com. Right on. Shout out to the to the Black Barbie, Your Eyes Only Aesthetics. Thanks for spelling that out for us because I know some people would mess that up for sure. Love you, Cuzzo. Um, so let's let's get to the ladies. She'll give us a rundown of the Meta Hill Championship. Yeah, this was a good another uh, good tournament out there. You know, in Cali, um, Matilda Castron won with a two seventy three. Mm. Minus 14, uh, but you know, she only took home 225K. So we back to minimum bread mm-hmm. for the ladies on these non major tournaments. So, but she did turn in a 65 in the final round. Uh, she became the first player from Finland to win on the tour. And then I got a question for you fellas Who do you know that's going to turn in a 65? Mm. Mikey and DJ. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll say here too. Seen them do it at our home course. <laughs> and so yeah, and it's 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 funny to watch two people play that are so. Me and Scotty playing the same. We ride in the same cart. We call it the shitty cart. <laughs> <laughs> they won't switch it for nothing. Just to change up things for a day. If Mikey's having a bad day, if he's driving, then. They'll switch up the golf bags and they'll switch who's driving their car. But they will switch, like, our carts around. <laughs> but these two, they silent battle all the time. Like, and that's why I call DJ Mr. One-Up. Because Mikey will bomb a ball 300 yards and then DJ comes back like, I'm going to do 315 then. Fuck it. Want to hit next to the pin on the par three that's 200 yards. And Mikey look at DJ like, what'd you use? Oh, six iron. What you gonna use? Oh, seven iron. And they're right next to each other. Like, what the fuck? I, I hate them. We hate their car. <laughs> so yes, them too. Yeah, Love you too. I, <laughs> I would tell you, I don't know anybody that's getting a sixty-five. Maybe, maybe on the you know on the first nine. <laughs> that's me. That's me. <laughs> Not on the first nine. No, I'm just playing, but you Shit. know what I'm saying. I, I really, I, I seriously, I do not, I do not know anybody that that's getting close to that. Not right now. We had our hard knock slice tournament, and we had some good play this past weekend, but uh, we're not touching that. No. So, and nobody on this podcast came in last. I just want to put put that out there too. <laughs> nice. No, no DFL there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's true. And take no L's. Nope. And I you know finished, you know I finished in the top. Sugar? Ian Sugar, you know what's funny? So, like, I played with E a couple of times, Vegas and different places when we always meet up with the family reunion, things like that. Um, and we play and we say, good shot, everybody. Good shot. And you hit a real good shot. And we know we're 
we're suspects. We're real amateur amateurs. But the first time I played with Mikey, <laughs> we, we played at Bonita. And he always asked me when I worked for Lampkin, when we're going to play together, when we're going to play together. And I thought he was being funny. And everybody at, the, everybody at the company said he was so good. Like, the, the people I hated and he hated too <laughs> wouldn't play with him. Wouldn't play with him because he's an asshole. We all know that. So I'm an ass too. Hey, so, now. I only resemble that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we played at Bonita, one of our courses here, and he used driver at every hole. And I asked him, like, why? And I mean, like, he would use a driver on a par four that was like 430 yards and have 20 in. He would shake his head. I'm like, why are you shaking your head? Well, my line was a little off. Mind you, he's, he's left center fairway instead of right center fairway where he wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> but the watch, when you see, and it's different when on TV, like in person, when you see DJ and Mikey hit the ball and the way it sounds and the way it first pierces the air, and the ball flight, it's there's nothing like it when you see pure golf watching these two. And I I'm amazed every Sunday it never changes. But my hatred for these two never changes. Well, yeah, it adds more and more every Sunday when we play. I it's it's ridiculous. Man, you you describe that like you describe them playing golf like some some burnt ends. Off the right, yes. Line. Like when you see, you see that juice come out, you see Ooh. that juice come out, you just want to lick it. That's how them two play, dude. The way they hit the ball is like just menage a trois on the golf club. It's just, wow. just mm. Whoa. yes, it's, it's bad. It's goodness, amazing. Mm. I'm hope y'all two can come in San Diego and witness these two play one day. About the smoke. Oh, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I'm about to smoke a cigarette after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that book of love. It's all for you. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. So good women's tournament. Um, Can great. I just say something about that real quick? Sure. Did, did you guys did you guys see her start to the round at all? Little she bit. Was six, she was six under through six, and I think her total feet of putts made in those six holes was like four. Oh, that's right. I mean, she she stacked it on one, she stacked it on two, she hit it like an inch on three, and then I think she parred four, and on five to par five, she hit it to like three feet. It was, how do you beat that? It was freaking awesome to watch. How do it you? Was, how do you even come close, man? Uh, yeah, you, you don't tell somebody you like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that golf course is unreal. That golf course is is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Those bunkers are really easy to rake, DJ. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> so I, would, uh, <clears throat> I would assume that the the weather there too has got to kind of mess with the way that you can play because of how cool it can get too. Yeah, it can be it can be for you. So I, I actually uh, 2014 I made it to U.S. Open sectionals and we got to play Olympic and Lake Merced, and uh, Mikey actually carried the bag for me uh, <laughs> that that couple of days there, and uh, I raked your bunkers for and you. raked every single bunker <laughs> on the golf course. It feels like. Uh, but it, we got to the golf course. So I played Olympic in the morning. I think, I think I teed off right about seven o'clock that morning. And I got to the golf course that day and it was 41 degrees, I believe. And it felt like 20 mm. and I had to run into the, the, the pro shop. And luckily I knew one of the assistant pros at the time that was there. And I had to steal some hand warmers out of his bag just to survive that first couple hours of the day. And it probably took what seven, eight holes before I could even strip. I had I had three pieces. I had three laying pieces. I had a long sleeve, 
I have a quarter zip and then a heavy jacket on top of that. <laughs> and maybe by the back nine of the first round, I was able to strip off the outer layer and then still kept everything else on the whole rest of the day. I should wow. have just made you carry the bag and you could have warmed up that one because I was sweating. <laughs> My fat ass was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Lake Merced is a, uh, it, that just every, every golf course in that area is awesome. Um, I've only played those two, but Merced is, it is an unbelievable golf course. And, uh, Minus the Christmas trees on number eight. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. And hybrids into Christmas trees. Those aren't yeah, funny. Exactly. I don't think there's a better five golf course area in the entire country. Cause they got Sam, you got Olympic, both courses there. Yeah, you got Merced. Uh, Merced. You got San Francisco country club and Harding park. Yeah. And there, they might be, I mean, you can see all of them from every golf course. Yep. Just all wrapped around the lake right there. Yep. So Eric and Shug, so we play and we play a lot. Can you guys remember every hole on every golf course you played? On well, the the courses that I played well, yes, because <laughs> I played well. Yeah, yeah. I, I always remember those ones, right? And a lot I mean, of the courses I keep in try to try to remember which ones we play. There's a lot here, um, just spread out all over. Um, but like the the main tracks here, like in Aurora part of Denver, yes, I can I can recall those. But like when you start getting to, to Castle Pines or um, Sanctuary and all that stuff, it's you know kind of hard. Played, we played in Vegas. Do you remember that course? I remember parts of the course. The cor- parts of, that I do remember is cats hitting houses. Um, no, I'm talking about when I knocked out that window. That don't count. <laughs> I was I was gonna go there, but I do remember the houses were beautiful and just driving through the desert to get there. Like I was like, man, booger, man, are you you dumping us somewhere? Like we just <laughs> driving across that thing, man. I was driving like, man, bodies. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because Mike and DJ talk about golf courses and they oh. remember every hole on golf courses. It's just weird to me. I can remember like the specific yardages from almost every shot and what I hit and what, yeah, it's the only things I got to remember is my wife's birthday and our anniversary. And I remember everything like pertaining to golf. So as long as I remember those first two, I'm good. Yeah. Don't fuck up on those, man. No, but you know, I I think for me is I'm kind of getting back into it and, and seeing more courses and playing out more courses. I think for me, there's moments like I'll, I'll remember I hit this shot. It was a really good shot on this hole. And then something about that hole, I'll remember it like visually. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of how I see it. But I, I think, uh, you know, e, I agree with you. Like the more the more spectacular courses, I can remember each hole. Yeah. Look at that. Was- I remember shots on certain things. I can remember like playing certain courses. And because of where I live and background and things like that and people I know, I mean, I played Pebble Beach, and I can remember that course exactly how it was. But playing with Mikey and, and DJ and Scotty on Sundays, I can remember how bad I shot last week and how much fun we laughed. But I see the holes every day, so I don't think about the shots and what I shot on this hole. Or last week when I threw up on the third hole because I drank too much the night before. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> but they, they remember every single course they play in every single hole in the yard. It's just it's crazy. That's attention to detail, man. It is. And knowing your courses. Speaking of beautiful courses, we have a great tournament this week. 
got a major, the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines Golf Course. She'll give us the rundown of the course, and then we'll go into a deeper breakdown. Since these guys have played Torrey and uh, know the holes, we're going to go hole by hole, just a quick description. What do you think about the holes, what they, what the pros are going to do, and then we'll get into our picks. So give us a rundown. Yeah, uh, so this is uh, this is in y'all, y'all's backyard, fellas. Uh, par 71, a total of 7,698 yards. This is a UG, USGA event, which is different from a regular, you know, PGA event. So uh, if the fellas out here, I, I, you know, DJ and Mikey, uh, you guys can, you know, maybe give us some thoughts about what, you know, some perspective on the difference. Um, Torrey Pines was, uh, was built by William F. Bell in 1957. This course has a 78.8 course rating. And, you know, you hear about this course. It's legendary. It's beautiful. It uh, is actually named after, I think, you know, you correct me if I'm wrong, but after a rare pine tree. Um, and this is a municipal public golf facility that uh, bumps up against the Pacific Ocean. And um, it's south of Torrey Pine State Park, which is, I guess, this area used to be a former army camp in the 1940s and also was a race course at one point. Um where they did kind of like Grand Prix racing. So that probably, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of activity in one little area. But um, the one thing that, that tripped me out, man, and we kind of talked about this before the show, is the difference in how much it costs to play. So like mm-hmm. if you're a resident, the shit is $63. And if you're not, it's $202. Now that's, that's a significant difference, man. Yes, um, indeed. The purse for this, this tournament is uh, $12.5 million. And um, like we said, we're going to get down to uh, a course breakdown here in a second. But Bryson uh, took it last year with a final score of 274 with a minus six. Um, so if you guys have any thoughts on him and Brooks and all the bullshit that's going on, we'd love to Brooksy. hear some of that too. <laughs> man, they they love it, man. And and when you look at the, the pre-interviews all week, they both addressed it. They both said, hey – it's good for golf. They like it. They're just razzing each other, chirping each other. It is what it is. Um, I tend to think it's a little more than that because there was rumors that, you know, someone was asked if they could, if they mind pairing up with the other and they declined. But rumor has it. I don't know. Um, but, you know. I think that's more than a rumor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I like, uh, I mean, I, I like Bryson. And I also like Brooks. Brooks kind of has this, like, you know, Bryson's this nerd, like, trying to figure it out. And Brooks is kind of like this, like, bad boy, like, kind of like like Danny from Grease Lightning, you know, like this this cat, you know what I'm saying? Like, just kind of got this streak, you know, and he's got this chick and everything, you know, so – uh, you know, we'll 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 see about Brooks and Bryson. I don't. I hope they cross paths. I'm hoping that they both play well and we see them on Sunday. Now that, and they is, just get in a twosome together. Oh they yeah, that'd be some funny. Shit. Ferry tour, people hitting each other. <laughs> <laughs> that so, would be some funny shit. So, are you guys Team Brooks or Team Bryson, DJ? Ah, uh, neither. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Nice. <laughs> Thank, um, Thank you. If I had to pick, I'd probably pick Bryson. Okay. Because he because he loves the game of golf. Everything he does is for the love of the game of golf. Mm-hmm. Bryson, or excuse me, Brooks does it because he's good at it. Um, he doesn't have the the love for the game 
like Bryson does. So I'd have to give the edge to to Bryson just for that myself. Mikey, I am right there with Deej, and I, I just like the fact that Bryson he does it his own way. I mean, he's he doesn't give a shit what anybody says. He does it uh, quote unquote unconventionally, and I just I, I love guys that minus Jim Furyk um, that just do it their own way. You know, I this is the way I'm going to play golf. This is the way I've figured out that I can play my best golf and I'm just going to do it and fuck you guys. So I kind of, I kind of dig that about Bryson and Brooks. I just think he's yeah, whatever. <laughs> Not Bo- a fan. Booger. And the only thing, the only thing he's doing is emboldening the keyboard warriors on Twitter and the <laughs> right. idiots <laughs> at golf tournaments. That's the only thing he's doing really. And if he thinks it's growing the game, it's not, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Booger. Sorry. I don't like either one, but I think DeChambeau is one of those, like you said, he's nerdy, but I think his nerdiness takes him to that, I think I'm better than everybody else stage. And I don't like that with him. When I, and of course, I don't know the dude, but when I see him and I see him talk, I'm like, you really think you're better than everybody else and you haven't proved it yet. Brooks, I think he, he doesn't care. But he has an I don't care because I think I'm better than everybody else and still haven't proved it, so they're on the same level to me. But I'd rather see Brooks Kepler choke out Bryson DeChambeau than vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, I still think they're both whole cakes. Mm. I mean, yeah. you know, the fact that you guys want to – I mean, I, I get it. I mean, the one thing that I, I, I think that, that they're both gaining from this is extra money in their pocket. So you can't, you can't hate or complain on that. Mm-hmm. But I think some of the some of the things that they're talking about and the way they approach it, you know, I think um, there there's a I think there's some there's some lack of um, professionalism I think when it comes to the way that some of the some some of the shit that's going on back and forth. That's why I'm not really a big proponent of social media. Um, I mean, I know it's there; it has its purpose. But for me, if I'm a professional golfer, I'm gonna let my shit speak on I'm on the on the on the links, man, and that's it. Is that why you don't respond to the memes I send you all the time? No, I'll send you some back. I'll be like, right on, brother. You know, that one was good. Eric, talk about them. We laugh together. You just ignore me like you're working all day. (laughs) Hey, man, I respond to you. I respond to you. I respond to you, brother. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, to me, I think I'm I'm more old school in that sense, where I'm, I'm not real big on the pumping my chest out on all channels you know I'll, I'll let my shit speak and if the public likes me then I, I, that's the way i'm gonna get it i feel you because tiger and you know tiger phil and their stuff and tiger anybody else he just beat everybody and that was it he didn't talk shit anywhere else these two are more battling on social media than they are winning golf tournaments mm-hmm. <laughs> petty shit to me it's like that's to me mm-hmm. like that's petty to me that's high school yeah but it's entertaining it is entertaining. It generates money, man. I'm yeah. not, you know. So let's get into the course breakdown. So uh hole number one, four hundred and forty six yards of par four. There's two bunkers to the right and a long bunker on the left. Um so what what are these guys looking at on hole one? If you play the hole if you play the hole in the morning, it's not too bad of a hole. He played in the afternoon with some wind. It's one of the toughest starting holes in golf for me, at least. I don't know. It just those all three bunkers are perfectly in play, and then you got a massive bunker front right. So if that pin's tucked right, you try and go at that front right pin. 
you have almost no shot getting up and down because it's you're looking at a six seven foot lip on that front right bunker uh the miss is definitely the left bunker it's kind of a shallower bunker if you're going to happen to hit in one of those bunkers um but it's just like i said in the morning it's cold so it, it you're kind of cold in 450 yard hole but it's definitely doable uh the afternoon if the wind's blowing anything over 15 miles an hour it turns it into a beast of a hole and it makes it a tough tough one out of the gates for sure narrow fairway it looks like man just they all they're all narrow out there yeah, that, 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 <laughs> exactly it looks like that the whole course and then it i mean i've heard a lot about the rough all all week like you know it's you're gonna they're gonna the guys gonna be out there hacking in some 70s porn star you know activity out there with, with bush. That, that rough man that bush man so yeah yeah good luck to these cats i actually had one of the members at my club that was out there he's a whole marshal number two and uh he said he was there when Jordan Spieth got up there yesterday and he hooked one over to the left short of the fairway bunker over there. He saw it. He saw the ball come down, knew it was in a three foot circle. And still by the time that the, that Jordan and the caddy got there, they hadn't found it. It took an extra two minutes. And then the caddy finally found the golf. Ball. Wow. That's how thick it is out there right now. So hopefully I, I love watching us opens where it's, it's, uh, it's challenging, but not wacky challenge. So deep rough, that's just it's part of a U.S. Open. And hopefully they keep it that way um, and make those guys hit fairways for a change. But the thing about that, I mean, the rough out there and being a West Coast guy, it's, it's called Kikuya grass. And that stuff, we call it Kikilia for a reason because it can kill you. But you can have, you can hit a shot one foot in the rough and have, absolutely no chance and a ball seven inches 10 inches away from it in the rough still and have no issues getting a club on it so it's just the the total luck of the draw of how how thick it is and how thick the blades are or the grass where it's going to be be sitting up fine or <laughs> play hard have fun so so do they just a question on that so when they do they reseed Mm-mm. or a tournament like this, or is that just how it is all the time? That's just the grass that's out there. It's a native grass. And the grass, it hugs your club. It, it loves golf. So when you swing, it hugs you. If you oh. it's deep. It, it just caresses <laughs> the club <head. laughs> and, and I'm not DJ Mikey, but I, the first hole, you look at it, you're like, okay, it's straight, but it's uphill, and you don't. A little bit. I should dare to uphill. And like, I'm not there, but I'm, if my club, if my ball lands in the fairway, I'm happy. The second shot, if it doesn't, I'm getting an eight on the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll over to hole number two. Uh, it's uh, 387 yards, and it's a par four. Um, if you drive it um, pretty well, uh, you could have a wedge into the green. But uh, if you don't get in the fairway, this could be a lot of trouble. So what say you on hole two? Dage. Right. Uh, I always <laughs> I always go off the pin location. So if it's a if there's a little corner back left there, so if that pin's tucked back left, uh, I'll lay back, give myself a nice full wedge shot so I can control the spin. Um, but if it's a front front pin or a back right pin, uh, I trust I trust my short game enough. And even still, you can you have some room left to bail out to open up that angle. So uh, I I try and send one down over the bunkers and have a little chip shot up there. If not, hit it over that left bunker and have a little flip wedge in um again i'm not playing it in u.s open rough but i've played it plenty of times where it's pretty darn close and uh it's uh it's one where i've always played it pretty aggressive i know plenty of guys out there that lay back with a 
two iron or five wood and we'll let their wedge handle it from there. But uh, it was a hole I always tend to like hit and drive around and try and hit it all the way down there. You're going you're gonna to see some guys almost knock it on that green, I think, with it being firmer later in the year than the tournament normally is. If you can get kind of a little go and cut for a right-hander and land it on the top or a little bit on the downslope, it's just going to eject. Yep. I wouldn't doubt it if a couple guys knocked it on. There's a couple of guys out there that could knock it on for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then like later in the day too, like if it's, you know, if it, it's a little bit firmer, it might, it might roll a little bit better too. Yeah. This is actually my favorite hole in the course. <laughs> if you can have one. Number two. Well, you have dog leg left or right. Amazing. All the trouble <laughs> on the left-hand side with the bunkers, but I, you know, I play left to right. So the only problem I have is I'm a good putter. I know this. The green is just ridiculous because if you're in the wrong spot, it's either all the way back in the front. And depending on, like DJ said, the pin placement, if you end up in the back and the pin's in the front, there's uh, it's just trouble. But, yeah, it's my that, favorite. That, that green is the perfect example of ocean pole on Tory Pines golf course because that front right portion of that green comes off that front right bunker. And you could be standing right, looking straight up the hill at that putt. And you look at that slope of that green, it tells you you have the ball has to go a cup left. It has to go. That putt breaks a ball left to right on that front right <laughs> section of that green. And if yep. you've never played there before, it is the biggest mind fuck in the entire world. And once you get that putt and realize that, then you can move forward and, and realize the ocean pole the rest of the way around the golf course. But that's probably the, the best example on that golf course of ocean pole on that front section of that green. Yes. And Mike and DJ tell you, I'm, I'm a pretty good putter. I try mm-hmm. not to three putt a lot. That hole, I, I could get there in two, but I usually have a three putt depending on where the pin is because the green screws you on trying to read it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, let's move to hole three. Um, 195 yards par three. Um, it's supposed to be one of the best holes on the course. Um, scenic views. Elevated T with the Pacific in the backdrop. Um, what say you on hole three? Go ahead, Mikey. I think you have some a uh, little bit of history. Well, not on this layout. Not on this layout. On the old layout. Uh, I, um, this hole is actually not just because I, I, I've made one of my two hole in ones on the old number three, which was so it's got a little near and dear to my heart. Um, but this hole is really cool in the fact that the USGA can play with those guys really good there's about probably five tee boxes they can use so they can stretch it anywhere from probably like 205 down to one 150 if they want to mm-hmm. um uh, you get that the prevailing winds obviously going to be right into you so dan hill shot into the wind i mean they, these guys are gonna have to flight it the the correct trajectory uh they get one going a little bit hot it gets over the green you're you're down on the beach so it's it's all about club selection uh to just tr- just trying to get it on the green and once you get it on the green uh the whole right side's fairly mundane but then you got a nice big ridge up to two pockets on the front left and back back left i guess it would be that uh makes putting kind of fun so it's 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 a good it's a good hole uh, like i said they're, they're gonna be hitting anywhere from four iron to wedge just depending on tee boxes and conditions there it looks like if you can't if you can't get close to that green, you're you're screwed. Yeah, but you do have a good little bailout on the right side. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you if you just kind of wipe one down there a little bit, um, there's a lot of room right of that pin. I'm I'm not sure how far they brought the rough down, but there's a nice little bowl that's just front right, which gives you basically up through the whole trough into the into the green, so you can kind of pitch it up there, hopefully close and get out of there. But you, if you start playing with that front bunker, 
I've seen a bunch of balls plug in there. You get it going a little bit left or a little bit long, and uh, you're pegging another one or going to the drop area. So, yeah. funny thing about that hole is, I actually think for me personally, is an easier shot from the tournament tee mm-hmm. than the 150 yard tee box because you can hit it under the wind a little bit yep. and uh, doesn't affect your ball as much. But you get that hole with a wedge or a nine iron with the with the wind coming in in the afternoon that you're just you're just all up to luck on that one of how much the golf ball is going to move in that wind. So. So a lot of options. Let's skip up to hole nine because that caught my attention. It's uh, six hundred and nine yards, and it's a par five. Um, and so I mean the long hitters are definitely going to be out there getting to it. Um, there's some bunkers on both sides of the fairway and the landing area, and the green is two tiered. So what say you about hole number nine? To be a par six. You better hit it in the fairway <laughs> off the tee or you're going for a long hole. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. We don't play it from oh, back yeah. there. I don't think I've ever seen the tee boxes on normal play back there. And you don't you don't even see that there's a tee box back there when you're playing it. <laughs> Man, yeah, 609. Yeah. That's what the fuck? Yeah, and the fairway looks like it's eight yards wide from back there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I have to give these guys like a, a golf cart to get through this, just this hole alone. Oh, I'm sure you'll see some guys getting close to it though. I mean, it's, Man. it's kind of, it, it can get, the wind can get blowing from uh, out of the right uh, and a little down sometimes. So, I mean, you hit a pretty big sweeping hook out there. And if you can fortunate enough to land in the fairway and run it down there, you'll see some guys knock it on or awfully close to that green. But it's great though. It's pretty straight. Yeah, I it's hit straight. It. It's I hit it. It goes in the rough. I pick my ball up and just put it back in the fairway because <laughs> it takes too much time trying to work out. It's just 603. Come on, 609 yards. What yeah. am I supposed to do? For sure. I understand that you wanted to kind of skip up to nine, but can we just talk about number six for a quick second? Sure. Is that the yeah. USGA does is doing that to that on that hole what I hate the USGA for? I mean, it's a par five. They play it. Everybody plays it as a par five, and it's an easier par five. Uh-huh. But the USGA, in wanting to quote unquote protect par because it's too easy of a hole, they turn it into a par four. Yep. And that shit just drives me fucking crazy. Who cares what they just care so much about what these guys shoot? Who cares? They're the best players in the world. Whatever they shoot is whatever they shoot. Stop turning par fives into par fours. And who cares about the the, the under par number? It just it drives me fucking insane. Every what? US Open, they do that. What's the difference between a 71 and a 72? Like if yeah. they were to make that a par five, right? I could agree with you more. Yeah. It, it, it's nothing. <laughs> You're still going to shoot the same aggregate score. Mm-hmm. You're still going to shoot 280 or 285 or whatever it is. I mean, who cares that you're one extra par or one extra shot under par? What difference does it make? Right. And now it, it takes all the fairy bunkers out of play now. Exactly. Box up, and now they just blast it right at the, the bunkers. You got more room to actually cover if you actually if you fan one out to the right. You have more mm-hmm. more room to actually cover the hazard over there. So it actually makes it an easier tee shot. Um, but then you have a long iron in trying to make make play a par four. But yeah, I, yeah, it just the hole is set up the way it was for a reason, and it it I think it's a great par five as it is. It doesn't need to be changed, but. That's CSGA for you. Yep. Yeah, that's. Thank you. <laughs> that's just what I, I wanted to just kind of say about that. Sure. So I apologize for cutting off. On oh that. no, that's great. So uh, I want to skip to hole twelve. So they say that that's the toughest one on the course. 
Par five. Um, that's just that's straight up. That's just, it's a par five. Just play it as a par five. <laughs> it says mm-hmm. it, 501 yards, and they made it at par four. It says it's a par four, but oh. it's it's tough. Um, man, it there's bunkers on both sides. Um, man, it seems like there's a lot going on with this hole, and you got to be on your game. Um, shoot, what what say you on on hole twelve? Deej, I'll take the tee shot. You take the second shot. <laughs> tee shot. Yeah, that that hole's dead into the fan all the time, and some of the shorter hitters are going to get kind of screwed on that hole because from the back tee box, you got to carry it probably to got two ninety to get it up. 80 yeah, two eighty, two eighty, two ninety to get it up on top to get any roll. And if you can't carry that into the wind, you're hitting dead into the kind of an uphill face where you're getting no roll, where you're sitting back at. You know, you got 220, uh, 220, 230 into that green dead into the fan where if you can carry it far enough, you can get it on top. And, I mean, you're still coming in 190-ish, 185 into the wind, which is still not any bargain. But the shorter hitters are going to have a severe disadvantage on that hole. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And uh, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a couple five woods or maybe in the three wood coming into that green this week for sure in the afternoon when it's, if it gets blowing. Um, but then the second shot, the green's kind of perched up a little bit. There's no tree coverage, so whatever wind is going is is right there. You're one. It's one of the closer holes to the ocean, so you're exposed to to all the conditions right there. And it's not the. It's definitely one of the calmer greens out there. There's not a whole lot of slope. There's a little bit of a slope on the left center that kind of comes up to that left uh, back left corner. You got two green side bunkers over there that uh, that cover the front left and the front right. Um, and it's just it just requires two solid golf shots. There's not a whole lot that that's going on other than a couple bunkers that that line the hole. It's just a long hole that requires two solid golf shots. And if you uh, if if you are in the rough and you're 220 out on that hole, it's it's a smart decision to lay up and give yourself a good wedge number and not try and force the issue because you can turn a bogey on that hole. If you make two bogeys and two pars on that hole for the week, you're gaining on the field. If you try and go out there and try and hit one on the green from from the rough out there, you can easily make a six, seven, and just completely ruin your day. So <laughs> it's a hole where it's a hole where you can definitely. If you if you if you end up making a five, you're not really feeling like you lost a whole lot to the field making a five on that hole. Mm. So then let's roll to hole thirteen. So uh, two tees are typically in play on this hole. Um, from the back tee, a they say around two forty two forty five is required to clear the canyon and reach the fairway. Um, you got to cover the bunker then to get to the fairway. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a stupid hole from back there in my opinion. <laughs> Six hundred twelve like, yards, par five, too. That's a not a long one, man. I don't play them back teams from there or from dropping <laughs> on the longest <laughs> Shit, and I think they ended up only using it once in two thousand eight. I don't think they've ever used it in any of the farmers, and uh, I don't know if they're going to change their mind this year if they're actually going to use it, but. Uh, I remember talking to somebody uh, recently about it, and they said it's just the biggest waste of money Tory Pine spent on building that tee box because it's 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 such such a better hole from five seventy five or whatever that next tee box is up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, them them driving warriors gonna lose a whole sleeve of balls trying to get over that canyon. Well, put it this way: if you if you look back at two thousand eight on Saturday when Tiger made eagle there, he's not making eagle there if they're playing that six hundred yard par five. No, for he's sure, not. He's, he's not getting home. He's not there. The dramatics aren't there. It's just. It's not as good a golf tournament. 
Because even from that 570, I mean, you you bring you can bring seven or eight into play awfully quickly. Yep, absolutely. You can make a three or a seven or an eight. So then let's go to hole 15. Uh, trees are all over that line in the fairway, um, making this just a super tight, um, like narrow, like vision for you. Um, and it doesn't have a, a, a bunker out there. Um, what say you about hole 15? It's a par four, 480. Deej, when you played out there last, did they cut some of those trees down on the left? I think I think one or two might have come down, but most of them are still there. Most okay. of them are still over there. Um, they did redesign the green. That was one of the things I noticed. The I did like what they did with the redesign, having the chipping area instead of the rough down on the left. But that nobody really talks about that hole. How far you actually have to hit it from the tournament tee to get it to the fairway. That's yeah. another one where it's a, it's a it's a two sixty five two seventy poke in the air just to get it to the fairway, and then you try uh, to hook a three iron around a big old <laughs> tree to get it on the green. So, so the, the tees that you normally play from, if you're going out there and just just messing around, it's a, it's at least 80 yards different. So it's a hole where I can go out there and I'll hit a driver and maybe a, just a little wedge in there. You play that tournament tee, it's now a really good drive, and you're hitting six, seven. Maybe the big hitters might hit eight or nine, but um, it's a it's a beast hole. It's one of the it's one of the harder holes out there that they don't. I don't think it gets so much credit for being as hard as it is on that golf course. Yeah, it looks tough, man. I mean, and you got go ahead. I was gonna say it's gonna be it's again a very narrow fairway. You know, when you like you said when you, if when you get to it, I mean, I think if like the if you're just there playing and messing around, for me personally, there's more than two trees, so I'm probably gonna find a way to hit one of those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I will find a way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just this one looks crazy to me too. Just because of where where the placement of the, you know, of of where the hole could be. Unlike those trees down the left side, it cuts the fairway in half even more. You're trying to hook something over a bunker to hit it onto the green. So if you're down the left side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you get the hole 16, um, I guess it has two tees. The longer tee is straightforward to an open green, um, has some bunkers and stuff. But the shorter tee requires you to carry over the canyon. Right, and then yeah, and over the front left bunker as well. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh, and that's a par three. That's two hundred and twenty three yards, which is uh, that's going to put a lot of uh, amateur golfers in in a a position to have to think about something because uh, hey, what are yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You got you got to think. You got to say, hey man, what's gonna what am I hitting good today? <laughs> and it's dead into the fan too. So, yikes. Um, and then 17, the breeze is, is at the back. And so, uh, it's a, it's a par four, 440 yards. Um, and the aggressive players just kind of have to watch what's going on. I think the Canyon is on the left. Yep. Um, so they kind of just got to watch that. So what say you about hole 17? That's one of my favorites out there. Yeah. It, it's Especially, a great, <laughs> go, sorry, go ahead, Mike. They they moved. They actually put a new tee box in for the open or last year for this hole. They moved it closer and back to the canyon, so the the lines on it, it it's just a clean look at hole. Uh, the canyon comes in on the on the drive a lot faster than most people think. So you're gonna see a lot of guys bailing out into the right fairway bunker or right of that fairway bunker or 
Uh, I think it's more of a three wood hole uh, for personally speaking. I mean, it's three wood, eight iron, three wood, nine iron for most of those guys, but it's just a really clean, nice setup, well set up hole with a nasty green. Mm. Yeah. That green looks like ridiculous. But it's funny you said that there. But you mentioned that there used to be a racetrack down there or around Torrey. There used to be actually a a car down in the canyon right uh, by the tee box that the mm. ice plant and everything just kind of engulfed. It was down there for as long as I could remember. So kind of yeah, there was probably a million golf balls in that fucking thing too. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> um, and then let's go to uh, hole eighteen. It's a uh, five hundred sixty-eight yards, and it's a par five. Um, it is, they, the U S open, the USDA decide to leave this one as it is. Um, and some people say it's one of the most exciting closing holes for a U.S. open. Um, what say it's you my about favorite, it? It's my favorite finishing hole in San Diego. Okay. I agree. hundred percent agree with that one. Cause I've you're making, Mikey, you, I've seen Mikey get some <laughs> insane shots into that green before. You can make you can make a three or you can make a ten. Yep. Yikes. I think this shouldn't be another one of those par sixes. No. <laughs> <laughs> they put that plaque in there though where Tiger hit the wedge shot on from two thousand eight to I think today, which is which is cool to see. That's cool. Well, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah. So let's uh we, we described the course. Um you guys gave us some great details. Uh let's get into our pick. So before we get to your guys' picks here, um, our guest picks, so our past guests that have been on the show. So B. Cole chose Rory, Matsuyama, and Morikawa to make some noise. C-Pipes went with Bryson. Matty Ice, the Decepticon, went with Rom. Uh, L-Train went with Xander, Zalatoris, and his sleeper is Phil. He thinks Phil is going to make some some big noise. Good pick, Train. We'll see. Nature Boy went with Spieth and Cam Smith. Uh, Methodan went with Rom and Spieth. Teed Up Kicks, our boy out in Georgia. What up, brother? Kepka, Finau, JT, and Spieth. He chose all the big dogs to make oh, some noise. Yeah, there's Finau. He popped up. <laughs> Chocolate Twilight Dropper uh, chose uh, Shafley and uh, Justin Rose. So, uh, let's get into our picks and sleepers. So, uh, DJ, you're first. So I got uh, I got Patrick Cantley and or excuse me, Patrick. Uh, yeah, I got Cantley. I got Reed, and then my sleepers, Cam Smith. Um, I just love guys with good short game out there. It's it's a long golf course, but you got to have some imagination, some feel around the greens because uh, you're not going to hit every green out there. And if you got some good some good hands and you can especially guys that like to hit short putts firm with that poem in the afternoon, you gotta be able to hit putts firm to 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 alleviate some of those bounces on them. So those would be my my three guys for, for the week. MJ. Mikey. Uh my th- the three that I'm I'm looking at most, uh I, I like Finau. I know everybody picks him, but if you <laughs> if you look at his past five years at Tory. For the farmers, I don't think he's finished out of the top five. So he plays Southwell. Uh, he's got the power. Um, he's due <laughs> overly, I would say. 
Um, the one guy that's kind of off the two guys or one guy really isn't off the radar or he shouldn't be, but I think he doesn't get as much due. Uh, I think Gary Woodland's got a really good chance there. Um, that guy can hit it hard. Uh, I, I like a cut around Torrey South. He plays a power cut, hits it in the center. The guys want to open already. And my kind of super sleeper is Sung J M. You want to talk about a golf nut? Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy plays every week, doesn't own a home, lives in hotels, play. It's the guy's a golf nut. And I, I just, he, he's won already out there. He's got experience. I, I think it, it's a good golf course for him. So those are my three guys. Nice. Uh, let's go booger. Got a uh, Rom winning. Um, of course, I, my COVID. player right now, I have to go with DJ. I think he's coming around. I think he's back in his stride right now. <laughs> Justin Johnson from last week. It's just that third day gets to him. But I think he's going to be okay this week. Um, Sheffley, I think he he's going to be top five as well. He's my sleeper. I think I don't think Phil has a chance at all this week. Mm. Top ten guy in the world, a sleeper, huh? Dude, that is so far out of the room. It's ridiculous. Oh my god, that room is just—it's teetering. You might fall. Be careful. (laughs) Shit, we're bringing Sundays to Wednesdays, brother. (laughs) Sugar. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I I kind of like JT in this. Um, I, I would like to see him kind of, I think he's been, he's, he's had a couple, uh, you know, things that have happened to him this year. I think that always, you know, that has some family stuff going on. And anytime you lose somebody, it kind of takes you a little bit of time to kind of get back to it. So I think he, you might see him have a strong showing in this one. I also like Justin Rose. I think anytime that there's a major man, he's, there's something about that guy that, that he's on point. Now he might not win it all, but he's he's going to be. I think he can be close. I also like John Rom, and then my my sleeper is Tony Finau. I think that at some point he's got a, some point he's going to win one of these one of these majors, and it's um, he's smooth. He's smooth with it, and um, he's always got a, a fresh pair of kicks on. So I got to go with my boy uh, as, as well as for a sleeper is, is Tony. Okay, well I'll bat up the rear here. I'm I'm going with Bryson for the repeat. I think. If he's on and he's driving that ball long and accurate, he's going to be a problem out there. Um, only thing that concerns me a little bit is his control with his short game a little bit. Um, and we'll we'll see what happens there. My sleeper, um, I'm going to throw Adam Scott out there. Um, he just pops up every once in a while and can make some noise. And then I'm a, also uh, I'm hoping – for B. Cole's sake, because he's been picking them weekly, I'll, I'll throw Colin Morikawa out there also. So he can he can do some stuff. He's He's been consistent um, and plays well. And so those, those are our picks. Um, that tournament's kicking off tomorrow. Uh, Golf Channel, uh, check your all your apps, all your feeds, Twitter, whatever. You know, they cover it every fucking where I, I guess you just got to decide where you're going to watch it. So uh, golf channel and probably the NBC app early in the morning. If you want to get the full coverage. Um, Shook, let's roll over to the ladies. The ladies have something going on this week also. Yeah. <clears throat> so they got the me hair uh, LPGA classic for simply give. 
And uh, this is at the Blythefield Country Club in Grand Rapids, Michigan, par of 72, 6,638 total yards. And this course was designed by William Langford and Theodore J. Morneau back in 1928. So some, that's a dusty course. Um, this one is <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this tournament will have nine out of the top 10 ranked players in the world. This will be the seventh year for the tournament. Uh, Brooke Henderson was your 2019 winner as there was no uh, 2020 tournament due to COVID. This one has a $2.3 million purse, but I bet you the chips for the winner is, is low. Um, and the proceeds from this, they, they do This one is a good one for charity. The proceeds for this tournament, uh, they, they benefit um, a program that uh, Maher and that that's like a, or I don't, whatever they're, what, it, it's a food chain. It's like a, it's like a grocery store chain um yeah, throughout the everything. midwest yeah they sell everything man and so to, they, they have a um they have a, a program that they stock food pantries across the midwest so so good you know good good stuff um as a result of this tournament so the ladies will be out there battling um for the prize man so it'll be interesting to see what happens i think that um you know who's going to take this one um i think you're going to have some ladies that that are more towards the top of the standings that are going to take this one. So I think that I think I'm going to go with either Lydia Co or, or one of the quarter sisters. Nice. Good pick. Uh, Booga, who you got in this? Well, you know, I have a thing for the quarter sisters and Jessica's my, my man crush, but I think her sister's better. I think her sister's better than she is. So I'm gonna go with Nellie quarter with Jessica going like in getting fifth place. Nice. DJ. Ah, well, they both already kind of took some of the picks I had in my brain, so I'll change it up a little bit. I'll go with uh, Charlie Hole, and then I'll, I'll still say Lydia, Lydia Co. And then I got to give just a shout-out to a local girl that grew up here that I, I've played a bunch of golf with her and her brother. Um, she hasn't been having a too good of a year out there, but hopefully Haley Moore can, uh, can show up and, and put in some work this week. So Nice. Mikey? Uh, I got to go with a, a Swede. I got to go with Anna Norquist. Uh, she's actually been playing really good. If she can actually figure out how to chip the ball, I think she'll have uh, some success out there. Uh, and I'm going to go with So Young So Young Rue, I think is how you pronounce the name. Uh, I think she's got probably the best golf swing on the LPGA Tour, and it's it comes out of the middle almost every single time, it seems like. So I'm going to have to go with those two. I'm going to go with Lexi Thompson. Let's see what, see what happens there. Um, and then, of course, the quarter sisters. I just think one of them could have a chance to to take it. So, in a minute, yeah, it's been a while. So, and they they are very popular, and it's just they're right there at the cusp. They just one of them needs to get that big win, and hey, it's off to the races. Um, so, hoping to see. There's a lot of golf on uh, to share our time and to get us get some good couch time out there so uh let's enjoy that speaking of golf you know the guys we have on this call are on the west coast um you know and and enjoying that so we want to kind of talk about you know what's going on with the west coast and the golf and and just ask them some questions about that so uh what are you guys seeing in terms of like of all the courses on the west coast like How's the diversity? I know you guys golf with uh, Booga, but uh, are you guys seeing a lot of brothers and 
and more uh, diversity and stuff out at, at the courses. Absolutely. The game's the game has grown so much and just in this this last two years it's grown so much. Golf courses are packed every single day. You can't get tee times. There was a stretch there where you had to get on a on a onto a website seven days in advance if you wanted to try and go play golf somewhere. And uh just the uh everybody everybody's playing golf. It's just it it's cool to see golf finally become such a popular sport and everybody wanted to do it because even when, when I came up playing like even in high school it was uh I was kind of a weird you play golf on the golf team what we have a golf team like what's that about it was it was so weird it was it was so weird to be be a golfer and that's I'm talking what 16 years ago 17 years ago so it's uh it's awesome to see the game be popular and see all these kids and the game's getting so good because of it this generation of high school kids right now that I'm seeing come up they're they're shooting 61 62s at 14 years old and it's just it's amazing to see and uh see how, how much it's grown in, in such a short time. So I'm loving it. That's dope. It's, it's unlike y'all, we don't have a golf season here because we get to play year round. So, I mean, we even play when it's raining because the rain doesn't last long out here. And when I first started playing, it was me and everybody else is white. <laughs> and it's weird now. Cause like where we play at, it's a, it's, semi-private i guess and we have the hookup we have friends there so we have a stand in tea time there's a couple of brothers out there but like it's so crazy like when you go play like a southern course where we have east lake or chula vista i'm the only brother out there and if i play with somebody white then the only white person out there because it's all filipinos or mexican so our the diversity here is so crazy because our culture and the people here military families had kids, they stayed, and so they're coming up playing golf. So it's very odd to see a course that's just one color at a golf course here in, in San Diego. Mm-hmm. One color, one gender either. I mean, there's I've seen more yeah. women starting to play, and it's, oh. it's fantastic because, I mean, the, the more families can get out there together, white, black, Philip, whatever. I mean, it's just it's a game they can play for, the, for their whole lives. You know, you, you can learn more about a person in 18 holes of golf than you can knowing them for five years, kind of just hanging out a little bit with them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's, it's teaching everybody more about everybody else and everybody's on a common ground. I mean, it's just, it's just bringing more people together. And it's just, it's just fantastic to see. It, with Mikey saying that it's funny because politically me and Mikey on total, total opposite sides of the spectrum and DJ and Scotty and four of us playing We're, and that's probably why they ride together because they don't like us <laughs> but we, we have never ever disliked each other or argued about anything Mikey will say his stuff DJ's always quiet <laughs> Mikey will say what he has to say about stuff politically I'll say what I have to say Scotty's usually quiet it's me and Mikey talking yeah. we, we listen to each other we hear each other out then we hit the next ball and going about our day and laughing, giggling, and say stupid shit to each other. And that's how diverse, but how close you can become seeing and knowing somebody on the golf course. Mm-hmm. I love you, brother. I mean, it's, it's, I, I could care less. I mean, just, I, I, I just want to play with good people that actually give a shit about people. And that, that's, a, that's the main thing that I care about. And to see the way you care about 
me and Deej and Scotty and, and your fam that's on the on the podcast now and the way you treat I mean that's all that it's about. I mean who gives a fuck what anybody thinks politically? I mean it's all about love and it's all about being with people that you love. Yes. I think it's hope we have the same asshole gene too. <laughs> what I, you hate people just as much as I do? Yes. <laughs> um as far as like golf fashion right because like fashion like in new york and la like they've always been like the meccas and then the midwest just kind of falls in between or whatever um what are you guys seeing out there as far as like golf fashion is there anything different or is it anything changing that you're seeing out there or is it just still the same are people putting more into it it's funny because like so mikey mikey's an old school golfer so he wears the his and he worked for Taylor Mays, so his Adidas on or his Puma or whatever. He sticks it with golf. Scotty is Scotty. He's Scotty's like that ragamuffin golfer. Doesn't <laughs> care. He's just out there trying to hit the ball. And he hits it well. Funny swing, but he hits it well. Me and Deej are more the fashion. Deej has head covers that has all the Jordans on it. We're coming out there with Air Max 90s, we're the fashion people. So it depends on who you play with out here. And you can tell what era they grew up in when it comes to golf. So, and that's how it is out here. So it just depends on where you, who you're playing with and where you're playing at. Nice. Uh, I just have one question to ask about fashion. And I know I'm old, and this is going to sound really old. What's up with guys wearing these freaking capri pants with the little fucking like that comes up past their ankles. Well, what is that? Yeah. You know what? What is that? You know what? That was going to, you know what? I saw someone wearing that same. Really guys. On Sunday, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. It's fucking terrible. I'm wait, sorry. If anybody's it, listening, that's, that's where is that stuff. It looks good on you. Uh, you get a free bowl uh, of soup with that, but wait, it's is it terrible. Is it knickers it or is it really like no. Capri pants? They're Capri. Uh, they like, tie like, up the joggers. It's, a, it's joggers, but golf joggers and stuff like that. Oh, sorry, Deej. No, I don't own. I don't own a pair of golf shorts. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, I don't own a pair. They're they, fucking terrible. They sorry. sound. They they might sound comfortable if they're joggers. You know, give you a little. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Okay. No. All right. Wear some fucking shorts. I'd have more respect for if you showed up in some MC Hammer pants, dude. That'd be badass. Comfortable. These little things. No, no, thanks. Yeah, I, but the but what the ones I saw this dude wearing like had little. They had little ties and shit on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? I was going to yeah. point that shit out, and you guys are, had already teed off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there like, with you. What the fuck is this guy doing? Well, yeah. we, we haven't got to the hater section of the week, but uh, we've, <laughs> we've, we've got some hate out here already on the, on the Capri pants with, uh, I guess, little dongles hanging off of them. I don't know what's going on. So, um, so are you guys rocking... A bucket hat, snapback, or a visor when you're playing? DJ. I'm flat bill every single day. It's snapback or fitted, but it's always a flat bill. Nice. Mikey. Uh, fitted Detroit Red Wing hat. Detroit. He wears the same hat. Every, yes. No, I don't. Well, in no, Detroit. I, don't. I mean, Detroit. He, that's his shit. Yeah, it's, it's a Red Wing hat. It's always going to be a fitted Red Wing hat. Man, we have some beef with the Red Wings, man. We used to be rivals. I know you do. The avalanche. That's tough. I was I wasn't ever gonna bring it up. <laughs> Booger. I, I switch it up and snap back to Bill. It, it, I don't wear too many bucket hats, but I usually black clover though. Yeah. So 
I mean, I've been about the buckets here for a few few years on and off. Like I like wearing them when we're camping, but when it's hot, them buckets come in come in handy for sure. So I've uh, been rocking the buckets and of course the the flat bill snapback. Uh it's gotta be vented. Uh somehow it can't be closed in, so to to keep the dome nice and cool. Um Shug. Yeah, the mesh man. It's gotta be a mesh snapback flat bill for the most part. Um, in the, in, in the bucket hats, man, I, uh, I'm, I sweat, man. So, you know, I, it, it's hard for me to kind of wear the bucket hat when it's extremely hot because then I'm just worried about the damn hat and it messes with my shot. So that's what usually when I go, I gotta, I, most of you might see this brother right here, bring two hats when I go play <laughs> around, I might start in one and, and finish in a different one. I, I got think, a question. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't think anybody wears bucket hats out here though, when they golf. Or 85, they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You see quite a few at uh, Del Mar Country Club. Yeah. Uh, the old, it's the old people person hat out here. But aren't those bucket hats loud to play in? I mean, I've hit a few shots in them, and it's like, my God, that ball, the sound just echoes in through there. <laughs> it's a different sound. It's definitely a different sound. Because it's all, yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, you capture mm-hmm. all that, all that right underneath, right underneath that hat. So, uh, yeah, it, it definitely is different. Uh, you had a question, Mikey. That was it. Oh, okay. All if right. it was loud, yeah, yeah, all right. How loud that's, it was in those that's things. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and then one more question for the West Coast. So we asked this of Booga and Mikey before what their favorite course is out there. DJ, what's your favorite course that you like to play out in Cali? Prairie Pine South. Okay. Like it. I I was very lucky enough to uh to get to play there as my home course in high school, so I've gotten hundreds, maybe thousands of rounds out there. And I will uh, never stop enjoying playing that golf course. It just, it, it might be one of my favorites ever. So it's definitely, it's definitely top three all time for me. So that's what's can, I, can I follow that question up with something for DJ too? Sure. Who's the person you didn't like on tour that you fell in love with that you played at a course before? Oh, geez. Right, you, got <laughs> so many, you got so many of the bus on that one. Yep. Uh, Philly Mick. I was, uh, and it was it, it had nothing to do with disliking him on a personal level. I'm a Tiger guy. Tiger's the whole reason I got into golf. So everybody seed saw Phil as his biggest rival. So how can I like Tiger's biggest rival? And uh, I was lucky enough to play golf with him the Saturday before the PGA Championship. And I've had a chance to talk to him a few times before, but getting out on the golf course with him, uh, real, realizing that he's – just as big of a golf nerd as I am and realizing how much we have in common, uh, hard not to like the guy. So he, he flipped me pretty quickly in one day on um, being, uh, being not a fan to becoming a pretty, uh, pretty big fan of his. So he seemed like a cool dude. Yeah. And that's why he won the PGA and that's why he won't win the U S open because he didn't play with DJ this last week. <laughs> <laughs> He's the don't, good put luck your, don't put your money on field. You heard it here. Mm-hmm. So thanks for answering those questions. Uh, now let's find out a little bit about your candy taste. Um, so uh, our front nine for this week is top candies that you like. So um, let's hear the list. I know there could be some old schools out here. There could be some new candies, and I'm sure there's going to be some hates, like how are you eating that shit? So, uh, Mikey, let's go with you first. Red licorice, hands down. Any type of red licorice, and not not like the Twizzlers cherry flavored, strawberry flavored. 
the actual real deal Holyfield. Like Red Vines? Uh, no. I bet I, I I distinctly remember if anybody went to Disneyland or any Disney thing, they used to have these things called goofy ropes. And they were that really thick, long, <laughs> red, actual licorice yeah. that I would just eat the ever living shit out of till I almost puked. We used to get like ice cream trucks. Oh yeah. Ice cream trucks. Red red licorice for me is the end all be all. And second would be anything sour gummy is is good in my book. And then on the chocolate side of things, hundred gram bars. I could eat a lot of those things. What the fuck? What? What? <laughs> they even make honey hundred gram bars anymore. Oh, oh god, yeah, real. dude. They're still real. They're here. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're gonna just throw out some like coconut shit or something or whatever. <laughs> you like nugget? I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> Mikey's eating barrel bars and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Booker, let's. Uh... Let's talk yeah, about let's your list. It. Let's let's hear what you like. I'm not a big sweet eater, okay. but if I get that sweet tooth, um, Snickers has been in the freezer for a day or two. I like frozen Snickers or Reese's peanut butter cups, um, or Reese's pieces. That those are my those are my sweets. Ugh. Good man. That peanut God. butter and chocolate, I can't I do like it. Like all of those, man, I can't give you shit about them. Sorry. God, how you like peanut butter and chocolate? They they go together. It's gross. I hate. I like chocolate on certain things, but peanut butter is just gross to me. It's just gross. Well, I'm not a peanut butter fan, but peanut butter and chocolate go together. That's like being married and no condom. It fits. Oh, oh, hey, oh, hey, it goes together. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, DJ, uh, DJ, let's let's get to your candy. Uh, so lately, I've been on caramel M and M's. I've been on caramel yeah. M&Ms. I just can't can't stop eating those things. Uh, Reese's cups is always gonna be a favorite, and then watermelon sour patch kids. Can't yes. Oh, sour patch kids. Yeah. Skittles. Oh yeah. Shug, what you got, man? <clears throat> so you're gonna see a theme here. Um, there's gonna be a lot of sour mentioned here. A lot of sour candies, but uh, sour. So <laughs> sour punch. Okay, I don't know. Those are the little licorice ropes. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to get real with this shit because I, I, I study this. All right. <laughs> the reds, the tropical joints, the apple, and the assorted. Fuck with those. You'll never go wrong. They actually have a spicy kind, too. Them shits is good. Mm. Sour patch, watermelon. I'm with you on that shit, DJ. I will fuck up the economy bag if I see one. Why <laughs> <laughs> that to be watermelon though? Black? Hey, that's the no because that's you know what you you bring up a good point. I the, the fact that I might be one of the only uh, brothers that does not like watermelon. I don't either. I, I cannot eat watermelon, but I will fuck up that candy though. What is wrong with y'all? Watermelon <laughs> is good and it's hydrating. And I don't know, dude. I can't fuck with it. I'd rather eat. I, pineapple. I don't fuck with watermelon. What? I'd rather eat, I'd rather eat pineapple, dude. Yes, I'm just gonna tell you, I'm I'm a, I might be one of them weird niggas, but I'm I will only mess with pineapple. I really don't like it. If it if if there's watermelon there, I'm gonna leave it. I won't even touch it, bro. I'm with you, sugar. I got you back on that one. Thank you, sir. Um, mm-hmm. Skittles, they they haven't they have an orchards kind. It comes in a green bag. Those shit. Oh, they're fantastic. Bomb, Wildberry, uh, and that Bass Pro, Mikey. You were talking about the like the licorice. Uh-huh. At Bass Pro, man, they have like their own brand of licorice, and it's that old school kind. It's it's a little bit uh, 
you could tell like the real flavors in there. They have apple, yeah. peach, grape, all kinds. But the, the cherry and the apple are, are the shit. And then uh, sour Mike and Ike's, man. Mm. Those are my shits. Well, you like that picky candy in your teeth. Yeah, man. Yeah. Man. But, you know, that's why you brush your teeth and, and <laughs> no, drink a lot of water. That's true. Uh, I'm going with Snickers as my number one. That shit is just delicious. I don't know. It's just great. I love hot tamales, though, right? Hot tamales oh, yeah. and and red hots. Like that cinnamon shit. It's my mm-hmm. shit. I love it. I can, I'll, I'll smash a box a week for sure. Um, I used to eat one like every day. But uh, after a, a blood draw a few years ago, uh, I had to simmer down on those just a little bit. My sugar was a little high. So uh, lemon heads, delicious. Love those. Uh, Skittles, just the original Skittles, not this sour shit or whatever. In the red bag, hey, man, I'll get down on those Skittles or whatever. And then I don't know if y'all remember those like those cherry sours. They're like these little balls that you yeah. bite into and they cherry. Woo, man. Oh. Okay. okay, and y'all don't know this, but Eric, I just found out, E, you don't have a favorite candy. You don't, because I remember us going to church every Sunday, and his mom, I love Ann Ivory to death. We used to drink 40s every time I come into town. True. She'd make me go get, get, us, get us some 40s. Yep. And if, up until she passed away, every time I come to town, go to the store, grab us some forties. But her mom, his mom, would always carry Boston red beans, oh, red hots, lemon heads, every candy he loved. She would carry in his purse, and every time he acted up in church, she would grab some candy and give to his ass so he'd be quiet. That's probably facts. That's until I start playing the drums, I know I was a knucklehead in church for yes. sure. Yeah. No lie. All facts about that. But she she knew them lemon heads and everything, she kept them right. I don't know where she got them Boston bean joints. I woo, I'm out on those. those. Good. What? Yeah, those are they're okay, man, but they get after a while they they get their they I can only have a couple. Man. Moderation. You yeah. know when you were a kid, you just want all the candy you can get. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> Y'all remember fucking Fun Dip? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, or the or the the zap the zaps Abba Zaba. No, Abba Zabas was good, but they had yeah. the the zots the zots the little candy with the or zots. They had the like the little shit in the middle. Shit, did y'all did y'all eat those uh those candy cigarettes? Them chalky uh-huh. things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I smoke now. Fucking candy cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Or cram a whole box of nerds in your mouth at one time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Nerds used to be the shit, right? Because they, they the box used to slide, right? You slide yep. the box yeah. and then pour both flavors. Flavor. Yeah. Yep. Laffy Taffy. Mm-hmm. Pop rock. I can tell this one still Laffy Taffy. I can still fuck that up. Banana though. Love banana. Yeah. Paydays. I'll fuck a payday bar up in a minute. What? Payday. Who eats paydays? You like it's them nuts? Pain. Yeah, there's no like not like that. <laughs> These nuts. <laughs> These nuts. Hey, I cannot be y'all motherfuckers eating Snickers, you eating nuts too. That's nougat. It's different. That's nougat. <laughs> hey, that's that's how, that's nut made into nougat. So <laughs> you eating you eating pure nuts. Hey, that's okay, man. Break it down. We both in the same boat. You and they salty nuts, nuts at that too. Exactly. Nuts. <laughs> like them salty nuts. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> so while we're hating on each other's uh, candy, let's roll into our. Hate section of the week. So this is the the time where we can talk about all the shit we're hating on for the week, and then we just send that shit to the upper room. So get it off your chest, let it go, and uh, we'll put it out there. So DJ, you're our guest, first time hating on the show. So go ahead and release your hate. All right, this actually just popped up yesterday. Um, I went out and played nine holes after I got off work, and there seemed to be about a hundred unfixed pitch marks on every single green I went to yesterday and I'm at one of the nicer country clubs in San Diego and nobody wants to fix their pitch mark so I'm hating on anybody that walks past their pitch mark and doesn't even give an effort to try and fix it and expect everybody else to do it for him so that's my my hate for the week right there I agree I was doing the same thing when we played at Spring Hill Shug I was over there fixing pitch marks motherfuckers just don't fix it lazy some lazy shit Terrible, man. Disrespectful to everybody else that's out there on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And those are the guys The guys that don't fix them are the guys that bitch about green conditions, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mikey, what you hating on? Uh, Well, with COVID and everything relaxing and people going back to work, I got about a 100-mile round-trip drive to work, <laughs> and I – <laughs> fucking Prius drivers. I mean, really, do you purchase a Prius and your mind just turns the fuck off? I mean, they either want to do 120, which that car is really not designed to go, or they want to do 30. I it's just I fucking Prius fast lane. Exactly. With the oh fuck, I hate them. I fucking hate them. But I feel better now. Thank you. You're welcome. I love it. Booga. I'm, I'm left field. I'm, and I I truly will apologize because Eric knows we have some of the most beautiful queens in our family, just superior. But I'm hating on fake ass. I'm independent women mm-hmm. who who say they're independent, and I don't understand what an independent woman is because everybody's supposed to be independent. You're supposed to cook and clean and take care of your own household if you don't have a spouse, <laughs> and if you do, you do it together. But them ones that say they want a good man. And play that role because they send in their ambassador when you first started dating. Then they change the shit around and the real person comes out. You know what? Fuck your couch. Charlie Murphy style. Mm-hmm. Dirty That's socks, true. dirty boots, everything. If you ain't <laughs> ready for it, then don't be ready for it. Just say so. Yeah. I'm going back to the streets. Ruh. Wow. <laughs> City boy summer. Ruh. Goodness. Shh. Yikes. Well, I uh shook. Actually, actually, I'll go real quick, Shook. Um, so we actually have people come in and send us some hate and some people were hating on the fact last week that we were talking about the hard knock slice because they couldn't relate and they didn't know. And I, I, you know, I'm like, Hey, this is our friends. We're talking about our tournament. It's our show. So get your own friends and get some shit established. And, uh, you, you should just get on board because your mom was out there cheering us on at our tournament. So, you Mm -hmm. know. And at, then, at every at every hole at every hole your mom was cheering for one of us we was waving yeah everything that's so. all sound the commentator right there <laughs> <laughs> and uh secondly i'm gonna bring it back again i'm hating on the refs and the nba it's it's some wild shit that's going on with how they control the games what's being called if they want two teams in the finals just say it so we know and we can skip to that outcome 
Um, there was a call on the Joker the other day that got him kicked out the game. He's the MVP. If that would have been LeBron, AI, Kobe, Jordan, that shit's not popping. But because he's at Denver, uh, you know, and they, they kind of want to sweep through that, they they let him go. And I'm a Laker fan, but I was, you know, really pulling for for the Joker to make some noise. And I like that he got the MVP, but fuck them referees. Fuck what they stand on. Uh, fuck they, they skinny black pants. Fuck they, they big-heeled black shiny shoes that they run in up and down the court. Fuck all of them, you know. So uh, that's about it. So, Suge. How do you really feel? <laughs> yeah, tell, tell him man you know and i'm i had to let the you know i i, I was gonna complain about the same shit about you know joker and, and and what happened i think that was a travesty um but I'm, I'm gonna take the high road i'm just gonna let it go i'm gonna send that shit to the upper room because my nuggets will be back we'll be back in the fall next year during a regular fucking nba season where we're gonna play 82 fucking games and we're gonna play a regular fucking schedule so i can't I'm, I'm looking forward to that so i'm gonna before they get my blood pressure up i'm just gonna i'm gonna send that to the upper room all right but what i am gonna get my pressure up <clears throat> about is motherfuckers at chipotle because okay. <laughs> <laughs> look i'm a dude that likes to go get my lunch either go to where i'm going to eat it go back to my desk so i can get back to work i'm a very efficient person when it comes to that I don't like to fucking wait around, man. So regardless of there, there's one by my house. Okay. These motherfuckers can't seem to understand what you do. If you're ordering for more than three people, I understand if you're going in there with your family or whatever, you might have four or five in the family. You already know what you need, but I am so sick and tired of motherfuckers that are going in from like a business and you're going in there with a fucking sheet. And you're listing off, I need eight, eight of these bowls, I need 10 burritos, and I need four sets of these fucking tacos. Because you want to know what? You got motherfuckers like me ready to beat the shit out of you <laughs> that's in the back of the line when I see you outside. So you're lucky, because this is the thing, man. Motherfuck- you can't get between a motherfucker and their food, man. And especially when you're ordering for 20 people, do what's right by everybody. Go online, order the shit, and get the shit all packaged up for you. So when you walk your dumb ass in there, you're not holding up the line for the 20 people who are just ordering for them fucking selves. Mm. So you selfish motherfuckers, get your shit together yeah. and order this shit online. Rough. I'm out. Yeah. They drive a Prius. They drive a Prius. That's why. <laughs> Probably do. And they duct tape and they fucking rides and shit. Like we talked about earlier. <laughs> Well, so I take it. I take it you're happy that they raised their prices at Chipotle too on this. You know, I don't. I mean, I kind of figure it like this. Everything is gonna. uh, Everything in everything in life, man, that I've I've ever seen, it's more expensive, no matter Mm -hmm. what it is. And I figured at some point, you know, at some point it was gonna go up. You you can't. You can't be charged. You know, they gotta. And (laughs) this is for Mike D. They gotta pay for all them avocados somehow. That extra (laughs) guac. (laughs) <laughs> what I want to know is why are you going to Chipotle? What's wrong with Chipotle? Close, man. Come on, bro. Chipotle in San Diego is like going to Taco Bell. If you ain't going to a Mexican spot, come on now. Well, mm-hmm. it's challenging over on this side of town, man, because there's only there's not a lot of really good authentic spots over here. You got to kind of go more into the city for that. 
okay. Yeah. So where we're at, you kind of, you know, I, you know, you don't, I'm not going to eat. I don't like to eat out a lot, but if I do, there's only certain places that I will. Okay. And Chipotle, Illegal Pete's, shout out Illegal Pete's from yeah, Boulder, Pete. especially, and, and Qdoba, all good in my book. That's just great. Illegal Pete's Chipotle's bad, but no. me in San Diego, when I, I'm at work, me and Mike used to work together. If somebody say I'm going to Taco Bell, I'm chopping their fucking throat. Uh-huh. <laughs> San Diego, Southern California is Mexico. Yeah, but y'all got better. I mean, there's more access out there. Like, yeah. right, like I said, out here you gotta in Denver, you kind of gotta go into. Like, I worked at a Mexican restaurant for 13 years, so I'm. I'm I, but the where, if, if I'm gonna go there for lunch, it's a trek. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. I gotta plan bomb. it out. So if uh, I'm trying to get like somewhere, Seven Elevens out here, bro. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you're more in Denver, like we're, I'm, I'm more out towards you know the airport and shit. So there's not a lot. Not a lot of there are Mexican roads. (laughs) Yeah, we leave them shits alone over here. Well, that was our Hey, 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 hey. And we're gonna send that hate to the the upper room. Yes indeedy. So before we get out of here, um, we got our final shout outs. So this is the time of the show where we can shout out uh, where people can find us, uh, people you want to shout out, what you loving, everything, and then we're going to wrap it up. So, DJ, shout outs. So, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, tag is DJ2932. And uh, shout out to the guys I was out with last week uh, Canelo Alvarez, Matt Picanzo. Good job on winning that BMW Pro Am. Uh, Matt, I know it was a rough week for him individually, but he's going out to Dakota's this. Uh, this next couple months and uh he's gonna go, go out there and just do what he does and go win some more golf tournaments and then uh our buddy dex was out there with us so shout out to dex for uh, an amazing week this last week that we had so word mikey uh first and foremost i got to give a shout out to my my beautiful wife uh definitely outkicked my coverage with her uh she's my rock uh i love her with all my heart uh, my fam, uh, I consider you guys my family too. Uh, thank you guys for, for letting me be a part of this. Uh, it, it's awesome coming on. I love talking golf with you guys and uh, shout out to all the listeners. You guys make this thing possible. So uh, thank you guys for having me on again. Right on. Booga sugar. You know, I always shout out y'all, my family, my boys. I play with every Sunday. Y'all kill me. It's always good times no matter how we play. Uh, well, my bad, how I play. <laughs> um, and so nobody's mad I, I shout out those beautiful queens who know what they want in life and can express it to men because we need communication as well love y'all all day every day <laughs> uh, sugar <laughs> my man my man Booger you, you're killing me dude uh, I don't give a damn <laughs> Yeah, that, that's alright man you're going hard on them today boy that's alright that's all right. We hey, we gotta let them know too, brother. I feel you on that. Shit. Yes. Um, but you know, I uh shout out to to all the fellas, um, to the listeners. Um, I know some of y'all um don't understand the hard knock slice, but that was fun last weekend. That was probably one of the I was telling somebody uh at work that it was probably one of the best days on this planet <clears throat> that I had was last Sunday, just getting to see folks and get out. So it was cool playing the the game of golf that we all are connected by. So, um, you know, shout out to the to my family. Um, you know, my wife, she's always, you know, got my back. So I appreciate that. Um, and, you know, uh, 
shout out to our our, our little pup. He had a, a little bout of uh, some real bad allergies, man. But this little dude is is resilient. So shout out to him for for fighting through that shit. <laughs> Word. Uh, so your pup, like dog? Yeah. 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 What kind of dog you got? A uh, little bulldog. Nice. Little bulldog. He's cool as shit. He's my. He's actually my stepdaughter's dog, but we he, he stays with us, and uh, um, he's cool as shit, man. But he got he's had bad allergies, bro. Yeah, so me, said, me mm-hmm. too. Shit. Uh, I want to shout out my fan bam, uh, the Bushwood Comp- Country Club. Uh, I want to shout out the Hard Knock Slice and the Commission for putting on a great tourney this past weekend. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Cup Boys coming soon. Love it. Fans listening and and you know fucking with us and having fun and hating hating on us and hating with us. We welcome your hate, so just talk your shit and we gonna talk shit back to you. And the game of golf because it brings us all together. So all the guests I got to meet Mikey and DJ and get to cut up with Booga, you know, every few weeks and just just have fun. So uh, appreciate the game of golf. Uh, it helps us compete and have fun since. Uh, we're getting up there and can't play the other sports that we used to play. So uh, appreciate that. Should go ahead and wrap us up. And this is going to be a little different because we're going to do our outro to the golf gig and song of the week. Yeah, and that, and that is a banger, man. So, you know, make sure we always tell you take care of yourself, but take care of each other. And the gigging song of the week is Shout Out by Currency featuring Larry June. You're going to feel this one. Yes, sir. And I place you on top of But it's your spot to lose This life come with some rules We lacing real jewels Champagne ain't nothing new Swell is just what we do Rather the camera on or off We still looking cool Niggas mad I've been stunting So I hear they hunting My OG hit me to it I know how y'all coming You come run up on me I swear you get laid off for nothing My homies down the slide for me Cause they really love me Uh Shout out my watch is real. Shout out my bitch, she real. Shout out my hood, they real. Shout out my label, it's real. Shout out my watch is real. Shout out my bitch, she real. Shout out my niggas, they real. Shout out my phantom real. Eastside on mine, just like airtime. No riders outside, got foreigners in the line. Because I can't decide which one I'm trying to drive. I'm like too fucking high, but yeah, I'm still gonna slide. Might pick that 65. And shout out, hey, 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 as Larry June said. So, hey, Shook said it, take care of yourself. We the fuck up out of here. And it's like that. Rawr. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. This is El Negro.